0: Savannah I'm Alicia this is Burden of Proof I'm excited it's a good one it's a good case I'm excited it's a I don't know I like this case you always pick the cases with the fun names I did today we're covering (laughs) the Twilight murders I don't know I'm kind of on like a weird media related murder kick I did Slenderman I'm working on the scream murder of Cassie Jo Stoddart Mm -hmm. and um, this is Twilight Murders, even though they're not like super media based, you know, they've got a media in the name. It's got a fun name. It's got a fun name. All right. All right. I this know one? nothing about it, so. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Here we go. It's not like your case was traumatizing. Than we sorry. just did. uh So now I apologize to everyone. I no, it pick was. All the, I pick all the like really heavy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, in relation, this is kind of a lighter. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not it's still murder, but. Yeah. It's not at all late, but it is all in right. like the sense of length because there's not really a ton of debate as to who did it, so. All right. All right. So we're going to open in Spalding in the UK. So this is a UK-based crime. It's out of England. Okay. So um, some of the legalities are a little bit weird. Different. Yeah. But okay. the basics of everything is kind of similar. No, I love the land of you do, and Elizabeth Edwards, UK. our matriarch, is from Edinburgh in Scotland. So, oh, I love it. Yes. So Elizabeth Edwards was originally born in Edinburgh. She was the matriarch of the Edwards family. She had an eldest daughter named Mary before she gave birth to two more girls who are basically Irish twins. They're a, a, a little over a year apart. Kim Edwards um, was born on June thirteenth, two 2001 in Spalding, which is in Lincolnshire, England. And shortly after, she welcomed another daughter named Katie Edwards. Elizabeth was a lunch lady, or they called her a dinner lady. Um, she loved children. She was well known in her community for her caring and giving nature. I can't get past. They always they're just so classy.
1: A dinner lady. they call her a dinner lady instead of a lunch lady. I well, I mean, it.
0: they call dinner. We call dinner. They call supper. Yeah. So I know. Yeah. I love it. She's so nice. She was just overall a nice person. Katie was popular with her friends in school and was overall known as just a nice and good person. The family did live in like a lower income part of town, but it wasn't by any means like a bad place to live. From what I can gather, their their community, their people seemed pretty tight knit, especially those who were close to their family. Elizabeth had been dating long term partner Graham Green, and he was really close with the family. And recently it was getting more and more serious. Um, he bought the girls a dog and he and Liz were discussing getting married. Okay. So on the outside, this seems like a really sweet picture. Yeah.
1: Not and most, so much on most the people <laughs> most people in
0: this community saw the sweet Christian dinner woman and her family as picture perfect. But others knew that while Katie and her mother were close, Kim struggled with her relationship with Liz. Fourteen-year-old Kim were not, and her mother did not always get along, um, and they'd had a strained relationship for pretty much Kim's whole life. Okay. It had been rocky since the beginning. Kim's father was not in the picture from early on, and they just butt heads all the time. Kim was determined that Liz favored Katie over her, and she struggled with some severe mental health issues because of this. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's hard. I can't figure out how I feel if it was if it went one way or the other, because to everybody else, Liz was a great mom. Yeah. And it just seems to me like she was just doing her best with a kid who was struggling with their health and their mental health. And Mm -hmm. they did have issues. They did fight. But I was going to ask
1: the question, is her mental health because of that or is the way she views the relationships because of her mental health?
0: Like, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. It could go either direction. It could direction. go either way. Like I said, her father hadn't been in the picture most of her life. Yeah. Um, he was involved in drugs, but there's not a ton of information about that. At the age of six, Kim was slapped or punched by her mother. The stories vary on whether or not it was a slap or a punch. Um, at but then six? At six. Wow. I know. What does your six-year-old do? It's difficult, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had... Moments
1: with my kids, right? yeah. <laughs> oh, even at yeah. that age, but especially my oldest could be a little mouthy at times. But you walk away, like I—I I don't know. And I am not a proponent of like I spanked my kids when it was absolutely necessary. Like if it was yeah. a safety issue and they're young and they you can't reason with them, you mm-hmm. cannot reason with. I never hit anybody else's children. I used to be yeah. a preschool teacher. I, absolutely never hit anybody else's children but I did smack like I had a climber so the honest one used to climb everything and it was dangerous when she was like very little and couldn't even walk yet and yeah. she'd be up on the table up on a bookshelf up on the window <laughs> like
0: it was of ridiculous was. at one
1: point Matt walked- Walks in the room, in the dining room. He had, like, gone to the bathroom or something. She had climbed up on the table, on the dining room table, and we had moved a box of tissues to the dining room table so that – because it was on, like, a lower yeah. um table or actually, like, our that stereo thing that we have in our dining room. And she was able to pull herself up and get the tissues out. So we put it up on the dining room table. She climbed on the dining room table and was sitting – on the dining room table, pulling with out the every tissues, tissue, <laughs> throwing all of the tissues down <laughs> to the snarky one. And the snarky one's just like, <laughs> oh, look. It's, it's snowing. <laughs> it's snowing tissues. That does describe so, their relationship Anyway, well. All of that, that lighthearted story, just to say, like, I'm, sometimes you have to, like, but at six, like, you can reason yes. with a kid. And if you're angry enough that you're going to smack them, like, y- first of all, never smack a kid in the face. Like, what? Yeah. But you walk away or you get them to walk away and then go deal with it. Yeah. Like after everybody cools off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The kicker for me, though, was that Elizabeth turned herself in to Child Protective Services after this. Oh, well, then she just, la- yeah. She just panicked. She, she was like, I am not a safe mother. Like she. Aww. I know. That's what my reaction my was to. heart. <laughs> she panicked. She had the worst guilt. And at that point, it's known that at least Kim was taken for the home for six months. It's hard. Wow. Some people say that both girls were taken and some people say that only the one child was taken. I have a hard Ooh. time believing that they would leave one child. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah. And I mean, my for, I don't know. If it's anything like the United States system, she's a lower income woman. At that point, she's a single mom. There were definitely other circumstances as to why it was a six-month period. Yeah. um, But I don't think it had anything to do with the severity of the actual situation at hand. I think it was more like they were giving her time to kind of get herself together. Yeah. Who knows what the circumstances are. There's no information about it. Yeah. She was six years old and, you know, they did fight. And Graham, her partner, said that while Liz was a good mom, she struggled with Kim. Kim was suicidal at different points in her life and attempted and Liz knew that these struggles were there and she was constantly stressed about them. And Kim comes mm-hmm. on later to say that her mom did know that she was suicidal. Her mom did. It did stress her family out. She knew that she was like a stress point for them mm-hmm. because of her mental health issues. So that's kind of the picture of the Edwards family. Mhm. Questions,
1: comments, concerns. No, I I can relate cuz I have a child with mental health issues and same thing like she has often felt like oh you like m- my sisters better because they don't struggle with it no it's not that i no. love them better exactly. it's just yes this is stressful and i it's think stressful. that mental, mental health affects it the whole family not just exactly you. and, and she- that's okay if so- you
0: need the help absolutely yeah. be you need to lean on your people yeah um but it you know it doesn't ha- mean that you don't love them
1: any less no it, but it's still heartbreaking as a parent when they get they reach an age where they realize like just how stressful mm-hmm. and even detrimental their mental health has been to their relationships with their family and so it's heartbreaking yeah. when they realize it and then they're like I'm sorry I know I'm a lot I know that I do this I know that oh this just ca- yeah oh and my it's, gosh it's it's so yeah. hard to have that conversation.
0: So I really, I, I just, I don't know. I really struggle to think that her mom didn't love her. I think that she did. And it's just yeah. hard for Kim as a 14-year-old to see. Oh, absolutely. The both sides of it, that she can yeah. love you and be worried and stressed out. Yeah. So in grade eight, Kim watched something that would change her entire life. She's sitting in class and a boy in her class named Lucas Markham threw a chair across the room. And she said, come to mama. That's my (laughs) man's right there. Of course. She said, ding, 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 that one. He's the winner. He wins my whole heart. Uh, From that point on, the two, it was the two of them against the world, Lucas and Kim till the day they died. Oh boy. Lucas Markham he was born Stan Lucas Markham, was born August 1st, 2001. Uh, he had a really crappy home life. Um, he had his own issues to worry about. Mm-hmm. He was living with his aunts and his cousins who, by all reason, were trying their hardest to really help him because his father is was just not there. Both his parents weren't a good fit for some reason or another. He was widely known for having behavioral issues, fits, tantrums, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And having fights in class. His aunt was really struggling to sort of parent that as his guardian. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do? It's I don't know. Um so like the chair situation was a really normal thing for them. This isn't a new, you know, this isn't a shocker. Yeah. Lucas began to spend more time at the Edwards household and Elizabeth and Graham became worried about their relationship. They're 14 and it became clear that they were in a toxic situation that they had become sexually active and that they were just sort of a ticking time bomb. They weren't a good match at all. And um yes, Shane just was aware and- of and <laughs> <laughs> she's aware of Lucas's, you know, behavioral issues, and she didn't like that that was around Kim, who was already struggling on her own. Yeah. Um, and Graham began to notice that Lucas wore the same dirty clothes all the time. Eventually, they told Kim, he can't come around, you can't see him anymore. It's just not a good influence. It's not a mm-hmm. good fit. We don't like who you are. You two are obsessed with each other, and it's not okay. This meant that they were only seeing each other at school or directly after school or whenever they were able to find time, but it really did cut into a lot of mm-hmm. their time with their soulmate. Mm-hmm. I I <laughs>
1: <laughs> I relate to this so much. Yeah, it's not an uncommon story, but the ending, however, <laughs> well, yes, no, luckily, my,
0: our ending is much. It's much better. Much better. So soon. Um, Lucas was actually expelled from their school. So really close to after this happened, they stopped being able to see each other in school. So he was switched over to a behavioral center, essentially, Mm -hmm. um, and this cut their time, like, in half. Lucas is from Adam Free. Recalled times that Kim would come over to their behavioral school just to see him, and they would just talk to each other as much as they could, and she'd come out of her way to spend time with him. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Lucas's friend, Adam. <laughs> Adam Free has gone through something that I hope nobody ever has to go through. And unfortunately, this something was greatly interesting to Lucas. August 14, in August of 2014, Warren Free, Adam's father, was beaten to death by a group of teenagers outside of their home. Oh, my gosh. Um, according to his team, he had confronted the group about damage to his property and was beaten to death with a metal pole. He went home after the attack and later died of his injuries, but there was no one convicted in this case. A group of teenagers oh my gosh. where no one was ev- like no one was convicted. What in the world? Yes, it sounds really crazy, and that was what fascinated Lucas he became obsessed with the aftermath of these killings, constantly asking Adam what was going on with the trial and what the court was saying and how this happened. And you'll understand why eventually. <laughs> and why he was so obsessed with how these, these kids, these teenagers got, got, away. Out of, got away with murder. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Because every time I've listened to anything or find a video, nobody talks about what happened with Warren Free. They just talk about how it affected Lucas um but i you know this is burden of proof we're going to talk about it a little bit because Mm -hmm.
1: the reason that no one was convicted is
0: very it's glaringly obvious if you just do a little bit of research the group consisted of of the group of kids who ended up killing warren free consisted of jake edwards who was now 18 and six juveniles who could not be identified because they were kids okay hold on isn't Kim's last name, Edwards? It's a it's a so No I relation. So I just wanted to
1: make sure no relation. No relation. Okay. No
0: relation. Okay. Fair question. I didn't notice that. One boy was 17, two boys and girls were about 15, and there was a 14-year-old boy. Wow. Um, they were questioned and released without charge. On the first day of what was expected to be a seven-week trial, they were all dressed very well. Mm-hmm. They presented their arguments and explained their side. The jurors heard the definition of murder, which was intent to kill or to cause serious harm. And the prosecutor um, was, you know, running a prosecutor, he looked at the jury and said, it's unlikely that there will be an argument that any of these six were not at the scene. What happened and who did what will be what I might describe as the battleground. So he's basically saying they can't say they weren't there. Yeah, but they're going to say, "Why well, didn't well, do this. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So they were at what's called Bumpy Park, which happens to be near the victim's home. And it was 3.30 in the morning in, in August 28th of 2014 Um, when Mr. Free or Warren Free was awoken. He was 42 years old. And he woke up and he told somebody that people are trying to break down his fence. So he went through the fence and he went towards the group and... As he walked out, Jake Edwards came up behind him and tripped him and forced him to the ground. The court listened to the witnesses, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, they said that Jake Edwards was the perpetrator. He was the one who was getting everybody involved. And Yeah. Apparently, um, somebody said that one of the, the younger people were like, oh, my gosh, what if he's dead? But they were just relieved when they saw him get to his feet and they left. And they went and they threw the pole in some water nearby. Now, from their perspective, they were at a park in the middle of the night in the summer when teenagers <laughs> are out okay. being teenagers. It's the summer, okay. Mister Free, a s- over six foot tall man, came out, and it was clear to them that he had been smoking cannabis, threatening to beat up the little girls because of quote property damage. There was a broken fence, but did they do that? Who knows? They're at the park. It's just near the house, and he was out there for a noise issue. Ah. Um, One of the boys heard him, one of the girls scream after they, he, they heard Warren yell, I know how to beat up little girls. The girls oh. screamed, and the boys assumed that this man was trying to rape their friends. Okay. That is when... They started to to beat him. They assumed that they were in self-defense. They were screamed of, screams of terror from the girls because this man is approaching yeah. them at 3 o'clock in the morning. And they're little girls. They're 14, 15, Not 16 jerk, years old. But
1: that's why you shouldn't be hanging out at a park well, at 3
0: yes. in the morning. <laughs> but they're with their friends and they felt safe. Yeah. At a park.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Crazy stuff happens in parks, man. Exactly. <laughs> the the defense attorney is quoted as saying they are not tough, hardened villains. He was yeah. an adult and they were children and they were scared. Um, okay. The children were all good kids with no issues and they were being confronted of a noise, not because of property damage. Um, some of the older children got in trouble with the law because they hid the pole that they used to, to beat him yeah. with. But the jury can't convict without with reasonable doubt like that. You're telling me that 12 people... Can look at a group of six teenagers and convict them of murder when their intent was not to murder him. Yeah, that's why nobody was convicted. Gotcha. They didn't just get away with it. They didn't mean to kill him. Yeah, there was intent that they their only intention was to to keep their other friends safe, according to their perspective. And there's no lesser charge that can be. They did some of the older the older two got some charges with um battery and stuff like that but they weren't yeah. convicted of murder yeah no, no i mean that because yeah okay yeah I'm so anyway i just thought that it just needs the air needs to be clear that this was and adam free has been very open because he was at the scene he's been very talkative about everything i think it's important that we see both sides of that story yeah um but obviously, it's a tragedy that a 42-year-old man was killed, mm-hmm. and I don't think that any of those kids intended to kill him. Right. Right. So it was really interesting that Lucas was really curious about how they got off the murder charge, because at this point, Lucas had begun to talk about to Kim about the possibility of killing her mother and sister. Lucas had been telling his friends all the time the issues he had with Liz, that he that she wouldn't let him over, that they hated him, and that she had problems with Kim all the time. Um, he had a grudge and he and his Juliet weren't allowed to see each other. At one point, Kim and Lucas ran away for five days and lived in a tent in the woods nearby, in a nearby city, for five days so that, be- so that they could see each other. Hmm. Seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Kim thought Lucas was joking when he brought up killing her mother and sister. Oh, no, Kim. Until she realized that he wasn't. Lucas would do anything for her, including this. And then they both realized that they were both seriously contemplating killing Liz and Katie. And once they put all of this on the table, the plotting began. Oh, Kim. Everything went as normal. The two would meet up at a McDonald's and they would plan the murder as they walked. The week before the killings, though, we see some interesting things. At one point, we see a really telling Facebook interaction between Kim and Elizabeth, her mother. Um, Kim updated her profile picture, and it was a picture of her not smiling. She was just staring straight ahead. Her mom said, where did your smile go? And Katie, not Katie, Kim basically joked around with her saying that it was gone. Maybe it was under her bed. They couldn't find it. Okay. Okay. Like, I I don't know. I'm not one to put too much in for like too much onto a Facebook post, but it kind of feels to me that you can see at least that Elizabeth is noticing when her daughter is doing things that are concerning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although like if you're just on the outside
1: and you see that post as a mom, I would question is that a simple just... You're commenting because you know, and it's kind of like borderline lighthearted, like, yep. ha, ha ha where'd your smile go, kind of thing? Yeah. Or are you seriously concerned? In which case, are you having conversations outside of this? Or are you just definitely? They definitely using were. this? So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that just another example of how social media can yeah. construe things like it can make you think because you kind of. Well, it's very voyeuristic when people, depending on what you share, you know, and so you think you know stuff about people, but that's not
0: the whole picture, so. Exactly, you know. Um, The weekend before the murder, Kim and Lucas decide to run away to where Lucas was living with his aunt and barricade themselves into his bedroom. Um, This lasts for a few hours before they realize that they forgot Kim's birth control, so they (laughs) snuck back out through a window, and when they got... You know, they got back and Lucas's aunt and cousins basically rugby tackled him and Kim was sent back home. Yeah. At once they realized they both of their parents had taken all of their things away, like bagged up their stuff and said, this is over. This is enough. Yeah. A lot of Kim's stuff had been put into another room and some of it had been given to Katie. They shared a room. So it was, you know, kind of tricky she claims that this was a turning point for her. And a couple of psychologists are like, that this is the point where she lost it. But I'm sorry, that's a really normal punishment for kids. It is, but it's one of those things
1: that, you know, I parent each of my kids slightly differently because I'm a firm believer in you can't parent exactly (laughs) the same. No. Because every kid is different. And so it's been my experience that while there are certain things that I'm much more strict with my moody one, mm-hmm. be- because she because of her mental health issues and and personality, I don't think it's all her mental health, but just personality, she pushes boundaries and yeah. she will be a rule breaker and she she'll do that stuff, whereas my other two aren't quite as much. They've broken rules. They've done stuff, but nothing outside the scope of, like, normalcy. But I do tread lightly with my moody one. While in some respects I'm more strict with her, in other respects I'm more strict with my other ones simply because of her mental health, you know she's going to snap. Like, it may be a normal disciplinary action against any typical kid, but for her – it's going to be yeah. like the end of the world and she's going to like go off the deep end so you just have to like fit yeah. and there's no right way and sometimes and everybody who has mental health issues each person is individual and different and and so
0: what triggers one yeah. wouldn't trigger another so i had this happened yeah. to me like i and i have amazing parents who i've never you know my i love my parents they're amazing they parented mm-hmm. me great Um, But this has happened to me. I lost all of my stuff. My mom came in my room and bagged up my stuff. If I wasn't keeping my room clean or I acted out like Mm -hmm. this, to me, it's normal. But I do understand what you're saying, that like each kid is different. Um, And for Kim, this was like a really big deal. I'll tell you, the thing that stands out the most is
1: not so much that they took stuff away, but that they gave some of it. And that's sister. what upset
0: Cam the most, yeah. Because
1: when you know there's already that weird or yeah, that dysfunctional tension of like she gets stuff that I don't, she gets your affection that I don't, yeah. She gets this exactly. That's like, I mean, I don't, I know I'm trying very hard not to like judge other people's parenting in life, but like
0: that's just dumb.
1: Why would you do that? I don't you're, know. You're making that yeah. dynamic worse. I agree. When you do that,
0: mm-hmm. so so. The two agreed, Lucas and Kim agreed, to go forward with their plan at this point. Their plan consisted of Lucas sneaking around the house, out of his house, getting knives, walking 30 minutes by the water to Kim's house, climbing the scaffolding, and tapping on her window to let him in. Mind you, Lucas lived like down the street. So this whole 30-minute route was to avoid him being seen. Mm -hmm. Um, This was very well thought out, according to them. We'll see how that goes for (laughs) him. They agreed on a date, and they agreed that Lucas would kill 49-year-old Liz and that Kim would kill her sister. All because Lucas would do anything for Kim, and Kim felt like her mother had always favored her sister. The night that they agreed upon came... Lucas walked, he tapped on the window, and no answer. Kim had fallen asleep. (laughs) Fallen asleep on the job. On the night she was supposed to murder her mother and sister, Kim fell asleep. Wow. So they met up the next day at the same McDonald's, and Lucas was like, are you sure you want to do this? Because if you don't, let me know. Are you sure? And she says, yes, I want to. Let's try again. So they try again. Lucas takes knives. He walks to her house. He climbs the scaffolding. And he knocks on her window. (laughs) She's asleep. (laughs) And Kim is asleep again.
1: That's unreal. I know.
0: I know. Wait, wait, wait. But...
1: Do we know any details about her mental health and, like, was she on medication? Was she was, she...
0: no, I don't think she, we don't know if okay. she was on medication. Because um, I
1: can say that my daughter takes medication at night because yeah. it makes her drowsy.
0: No, no, there was no reporting okay. of this of any kind. And I <laughs> okay. feel like there would have been, or, like, just don't take it that night or something. Yeah. Um. Okay. No, so they check in again, and he's like, broski, are <laughs> you, you <really> good? Sure? <laughs> are you really sure you want to do this? Oh and she gosh. says, yes, I swear to God, I'll stay awake. Um, And they go for a third night. This time, <laughs> Jimmy's right. is awake.
1: Okay. So
0: it's more somber. I mean,
1: not that we're, <laughs> yeah. It's just, come
0: on. <laughs> You're going to kill somebody. Stay awake. I don't know, man. That's so stupid. So she, he knocks on her window. She moves in, meets him to the bathroom, and he, the, he climbs in the bathroom window. He slowly unpacks her – well, she slowly unzips the bag. She doesn't want to make any noise. Mm-hmm. She pulls out one of the four knives and chooses which one they're going to use. At this point, they've talked through what this would look like. Um, they've said that the plan would include both victims would be stabbed in their throats through their voice boxes and stuff. Because that's, that way they wouldn't scream. scream. Yeah. Um, That, through their voice boxes and stuff, is a quote. I'm sorry, I should have said that's Kim. That's not your, your... it's not my rhetoric or my diction at all. You're very technical language. Yeah. To prevent them from crying out. Um, While Kim would stay in the bathroom, Lucas went into her mother's bedroom, climbed on top of her, and stabbed her in the throat. Kim was able to hear the sounds of her mother struggling and gurgling while the killings took place, and she thought she heard Lucas say, help me, so she went in the room. At this point, she saw Lucas had stabbed her several times and put a pillow over her head to smother her. She reached out thinking she was holding Lucas's hand, but then when she looked down and realized it was her mother's, she dropped it and ran away. She checked on Lucas to make sure he was okay.
1: No worse. I know.
0: <laughs> I don't like it. I know. Um, okay. Kim decided that she was not able to kill Katie. She had been too close with the mom. She was like, this is too much. I, yeah. can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. She didn't like the smell of blood. It was overwhelming. Yeah. She didn't want to do it. And, you know, stabbing somebody is very intimate. Oh, yeah. It's a really close way to kill somebody. And she decided she couldn't do it. Lucas said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> So he went into Katie's room, which was also Kim's room. Yeah. And forensics show that she probably tried to back away from her attacker based on where she was on the mattress. Okay. Um, he stabbed her several times, but he couldn't tell if it was her or the mattress. He said casually. And then he smothered her with a pillow and wrapped her in a sheet, uh, because quote Kim didn't like the smell of blood. Wow. Okay. I should also say that they've also locked the dog in the bathroom, and Graham didn't live with them.
1: Okay, that's why that was going to be a question. Is no, he here's Graham, them. and actually no, that she was, had but-
0: daughters. She she wasn't allowing him to live in the home unless they were married. Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
1: But that was going to be my initial question, and then because of the whole, I fell asleep. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I kind of lost
0: track of that. Okay. Yes. So. At this point, they looked at each other and they were like, "Oh, we're gross. We're covered in blood." Um so they took a bath together. Lovely, how romantic. So sweet. Just because of the blood and they changed into clean clothes because of course he brought clean clothes. He was a little upset because he liked the shirt he was going to wear and he wanted to wear it again. Then why did he wear Why shirt? did you wear it to murder people in? What do you think was going to happen when you, you stab people? Ed? So they then took the mattress from Kim's bed, which involved them going back into the room where Katie's body was, to get her mattress, pulled it downstairs into the living room. Over the course of the next 36 hours, they had sex, got out drinks and pills, put them on the dining room table, and watched the Twilight films. All of them. Uh, that was going to be my next question. Is <laughs> why is it called? Why is it called the Twilight Murders? Okay. Because afterwards, <sighs> they had sex. how romantic. And watched romantic date night. It's fine. Cash. And watched the Twilight movies. They thought they were Edward and Bella. <laughs> Babe. First of all, don't disrespect Edward and Bella like that. I love Twilight. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I love Twilight. Ugh. okay. I, I would also want to I have still never seen it. We're so. gonna we're gonna do it. And you're gonna be like, what in the world are you thinking <laughs> <keep> me doing? <laughs> Um people who get it get it. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. It's just <laughs> come on, admit you're stupid. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. They also say it said later that they had intended to kill themselves. This was supposed to be a murder suicide. But they didn't really want to kill themselves. They just wanted them dead. <laughs> So they didn't kill themselves. Kim says it's because she didn't like alcohol and she didn't like the way it tasted or smelled. And she's like, I just couldn't uh, okay. do it. Okay.
1: I kind of wondered when you said they got out of alcohol and pills. And- yeah, they were going to take okay. it and
0: take the pills and they were going to kill themselves. Well, Kim's just like, but the reality is they didn't want to kill themselves. Yeah. Like they were just that—that that main was the main issue. I was mean, her mom to say to like
1: I'm not gonna now I'm not gonna kill myself because I don't like the taste of alcohol. It's, yeah, that's stupid. I don't like the taste of alcohol, but if I intended on killing myself, then I'd probably be pretty drunk. I'd get over it, yeah. or
0: I'd move on and find a different way. <laughs> exactly. Um. So they—they they didn't ever attempt to do so. They never attempted to kill themselves. Um. They just ate ice cream. That'll <laughs> slowly kill you.
1: Yeah. But not for and like a good Twilight. twenty, thirty years. It's gonna take a lot yes. of ice cream yes. and sitting around watching
0: exactly. Twilight to die from that. Exactly. So Lucas was reported missing by his aunt um on the next day, April 14th. They were both reported missing by their school. Kim's house was visited by his aunt and the police officers. Um they were both inside, but anytime they knocked on the door, nobody answered. So they were like, well, it's only been a few hours since we've seen anybody. Like, we can't exactly bust in yet. Yeah. A little while later, a police officer returned the following morning. Um, and he knocked again. There was no response. But he heard the dog barking. And he had continuously heard the dog barking since this whole thing started. Yep. And so they are able to make entry because of the animal inside.
1: Yeah. Well, Same then in the they open the door.
0: And there's Kim and Lucas in the living room. Watching Twilight, on a mattress on the floor. He said, "Hey yo, I've been a knocking. What you been doing?" And they're like, "Yeah, we know. We know." We're and busy. Uh, he says, "So, um, you know, we can't, we can't find your mom and Katie hasn't been seen. Do you know where they are?" And Lucas says, "They're upstairs." And he says, "Do you why why aren't why isn't Katie in school? Why isn't your mom at work? Are they sick? Like, what's wrong?" And Lucas says, why don't you go upstairs and find out? Why don't you go upstairs and see? Uh, <laughs> is, he, is he planning on making a getaway, like, what's the cop is nope. upstairs? Mm-mm. There's more than one police officer. Yeah, OK. So no, they go upstairs, and they are, of course, greeted by this grisly, yeah. horrible crime scene. I mean, stabbing is horrible. Mm-hmm. It it's It was awful. They are immediately arrested. And as they're being arrested, Graham arrives at the home. Oh. Um, Lucas only said, fuck life, as he was being arrested. Um, Kim basically looked at the medication and was like, we were going to take them. Should have taken them sooner. Yeah. And as she's walking out to the car, she's originally not really caring until she sees Graham. And instantly she puts her head down and she won't make eye contact with him. This is like her father. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, that's hard. So it was clear in interviews that Lucas had no remorse for what he'd done. He did not feel bad. This yeah. is what Kim wanted. So that's what happened. He talked about going into Katie's room, that he was, she was lying on her back, and that he bent down and pushed the knife through her throat. Um, and he said that he was happy they were dead, um, but that he didn't really like anything about killing them but he was happy they were dead. Interesting. Yes. I don't want to read the medical report. Well, I read it, but I can't talk about it because these poor girls, like, it was not an easy death. They Mm. suffered greatly, especially Elizabeth. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that in in later. In in later? Yeah, that's fine. Later. (laughs) In her first interview, Kim suggested that Lucas had attended her home on a prearranged date to kill her mom. She said that she was going to kill her sister, but then didn't have the mental strength to do so, so Lucas said he would. Um, she basically walked through the whole thing and said that the plan was formulated because her mother had told her that she was going to turn out just like her father. And that This had upset her, and she had confided in Lucas. Later, she says that it's because her mother favored her sister. And then when they ask why you killed Kate, like, why did you kill Katie? And she says, well, I, I didn't want her to suffer after my actions after i killed my mom hmm and so then she was later quoted as saying well i'm glad that they're dead because now that my mom doesn't have to worry about me being suicidal and stuff <laughs> so again her um, story doesn't really change other than that exactly and i think it's because she didn't really quite have a reason like it was because of this that very and the other angry.
1: Yeah. but
0: and it was very clear to psychologists she harbored a deep hatred for her mom yeah so you know, it's difficult. Thanks. So the legal paperwork um, starts with Lucas's psychological evaluation. So I'm going to start with Lucas's psychological okay. evaluation. Based on his childhood, it led to an insecure attachment issue where he learned that he could not rely on others to meet his needs. And he developed a deep conflict between a need for nurture, 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 nurturance. Is that a word? Yeah, but in
1: England it could be maybe.
0: I think that because I'm, I'm reading a direct quote, so yeah, maybe, probably. Um, he developed a deep need for nurturance and a fear of abandonment. Okay. His aunt had continued to care for him. He wasn't being neglected, but he struggled in relation to his behavior and, and accepting of offenses that he committed. So he, yeah, it was noted that he had there had been lots of concerns linked to his violence and aggression. He would punch walls and doors within the home, and he had several physical fights with his younger brother. And his aunt actually said that his younger brother's behavior is the one that he sh- she struggled to control the most. So he's not wow. the only volatile child in the yeah. household. He had self-harmed by cutting, and this was known by the aunt, and she had been doing what she could. He obtained no attachment to any of the staff who were caring for him while he was incarcerated and awaiting sentencing. Which I found a little bit odd. I mean, not odd. It makes sense for what his issues are. But like, I can't imagine being in a place for several months and not having any attachment to any of the people who are caring for me. Yeah. I find attachments everywhere I go. Yeah. But when you have attachment issues. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's a big deal.
0: It kind of put it in perspective for me because Nicholas will like laugh because even if I'm not super, I mean, I'm more extroverted than I used to be, but I don't tend to like, He's really good about it. He can make friends anywhere he goes. Oh, yeah. I'm not good about that right away, but, like, I've made friends with everybody. At my hair salon now. My nail tech and I are good. for Like, I can yeah. do it. It just isn't – I don't know. Anyway, all that to be said, Same. I made all of these – I make attachments wherever I go, and it's hard for me to to see that Lucas doesn't do that. Yeah. So, um. he knew that he couldn't rely on anyone else, but all he wanted was it so – to make it so that Kim knew she could rely on him. Gotcha. Yes. Um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. She, he would do whatever she needed. Dr. Oliver White expressed to the court that Lucas was not suffering from anything that would have diminished his capacity and that his mood instability and behaviors were unfortunately just part of his personality. It was due to a lot of trauma, but it wasn't anything that would change. It was just who he was. Basically, he didn't quite have a personality disorder yet because of his age, but he alluded to the yeah. fact that it, if he was not stopped, he would reoffend, and as he aged, a personality disorder or personality issues would likely worsen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they oftentimes don't like to diagnose because you're still growing and you're yeah. still your brain's literally still developing until much older so 14 yeah so that's so young they don't even with my daughter like they gave kind of a tentative diagnosis because she's like i really hate to diagnose this at this age but like all signs are kind of pointing this direction especially Mm -hmm. with the family history and stuff but she's like so just take it with a grain of salt and know that it could change in the future so
0: yeah So then we're going to talk about Kim's evaluation a little bit. Kim was known to have an adjustment disorder, which would make her incapable of making rational judgment or planning anything, which actually fits with what Adam Free had to say about his friendship with Lucas. Um, He said, quote, if he had any, if he did anything, he always planned it out. He was really good at maths and at school and was the only it was the only lesson he didn't mess around in. I think he would have planned the murder because he was really organized and liked everything neat. Whenever he folded anything, he'd have to make sure it was perfect. He was a smart guy. Whenever we were in math lessons, he'd always get the answer first. He was good at English and science, too. He knew what he was doing. So he's saying it's really on character for Lucas to have planned everything. Yeah. So Kim did have the attachment issues with her mother, um, obviously. But there were there was nothing else in her personality that would lead to anything close to diminished responsibility. Yeah. A lack of judgment or irrational thinking doesn't make her unable to say the, the difference between right and wrong. Right. You're illogical, not stupid. Yes. So, um, Dr. Philip Joseph does not agree with her diagnosis of an adjustment disorder because the, the the diagnosis of the adjustment disorder was saying that the trigger was them packing up all of her stuff. He disagrees because he says that She saw her mom as the main problem in her life, and the thought of killing her was exciting. Um, And he did not accept the fact that the loss of her belonging triggered an acute stress reaction, which would have developed into the adjustment disorder. If she had been suffering from an adjustment disorder, she would not continue to express satisfaction that her mom was dead. She would feel remorse and feel upset because that was not the reaction she should have had. Right. An adjustment disorder is those quick gut reactions. Mm -hmm. That is not what we have here um the jury rejected the evidence that any uh, sort of like her psychology would have resulted in diminished capacity yeah she also suggested that she should write a book of her life which indicated that she was like way blown up in the self-esteem and self-importance so i thought that was interesting yes they assessed that she was actually pretty low risk for reoffending, whereas Lucas was very high risk. Mm-hmm. She saw her mother as the main issue, like I said, but and she was relieved that she was dead, um, but she mentioned missing her sister, and she kind of wished she hadn't killed her sister. I'm not sure why they thought she wouldn't reoffend, because what if something else became an issue in her life? That's I don't true. Know, but I think maybe it could have been because she didn't actually commit the murder. She wasn't. Capable of actually. Yeah, because she backed out yeah. and said, I can't do she it. She admitted to manslaughter, but that's all she yeah. said. So the trial obviously went by without a hitch. They were, um we're going to get into their sentencing a little bit. Um They were eventually sentenced to 20 years. It should have been 21, but then they got a bit of a, a 5% kind of off because of their admissions and their pleas. So 20, that's it? Mm-hmm. Well, they're underage. They're 14. Yeah, I'm just so used to
1: in this country, we tried them as adults, even just because of the nature of the crime.
0: Exactly. (laughs) The judge thanked the jury for their behavior, and I thought this was really interesting. And honestly, I just thought it was kind of nice because, you know, they went through a lot Mm -hmm. in this trial. This had to be so hard. Um, He stated, quote, I would like to pay tribute to the quiet dignity shown by those in the public gallery and the jury. I can't imagine... Listening to this trial, they only deliberated for two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they admitted it. There was no, they, yeah. you know, they pled. It was, what are you going to do? They found you in the house. I mean, it's
1: not quite the same. I've always thought about that. Like, what if you got picked? Can you even imagine getting picked for jury duty here, trying a child as an adult for such a crime? Like, that would be. Mm-mm. It would be difficult because you know, especially if you know facts like their brains aren't fully developed. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. They make poor impulsive decisions. They have mental health issues, but that doesn't mean they can't turn it around. Like they're young. Mm-hmm. Like if they get the proper help, they could be rehabilitated. Exactly. So yeah, it sucks being in that position. Mm-hmm. But
0: So for them, where they are, the minimum for, of their age for conviction of murder would be 12 years incarcerated. Okay. The judge identified nine aggravating factors. The fact that it was a double murder and one of the victims was young, clear intention to kill, remarkable premeditation and planning. Even after several false starts, he considered that sublim- substantial, meticulous, and repeated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The fourth factor was a gross, unnatural behavior and betrayal of relationship, matricide and sorcericide, which is killing your mother and killing mm-hmm. your sister, um, for which Luke, Lucas played an equal part, Yeah, which I thought was interesting. The fifth and sixth, he considered to the v- victims to be vulnerable, being intact in their beds and Katie only being 13 and a half years old. The killings were brutal in the form of executions. And Miss Edwards, in particular, um, suffered terribly in the last minutes of her life. The seventh factor was the use of a knife, which he added was brought to the scene. And the eighth was the grotesque conduct in the thirty-six hours after the killings, even though he added in the context of their age and maturity. The last factor was the fact that they expressed happiness in what they had done. Yeah, exactly. So as for mitigation, the judge accept like accepted that it was kind of early to judge remorse based off of age and how close they had done the sentencing. Yeah, but they hadn't. They didn't show any sign of that. Um, they were allowed the five percent discount, making it from twenty years to twenty. For their pleas, uh, Lucas pleaded guilty to murder, and Kim Edwards admitted manslaughter. Um, The trial was only really in consequence to psychiatric evidence. The rest of it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. He recognized that both had encountered problems with their upbringing and that they were still developing as people. There you go. So obviously, they appealed because it's what they do. It's what you do. But it was stupid, so there's not much here. (laughs) You're grabbing at straws. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, Lucas was like, I should have gotten more than 5%. Clean, guilty and he was upset his team was upset that they didn't feel that the judge worried enough about their age when sentencing but like the judge has a bunch of guidelines as to how he can censor people this is all statutory based yeah. like and there wasn't a ton of like <laughs> <laughs> the word is gone the word has escaped it's, out. <laughs> it's down the street I still can't find it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This had never happened before. They was like, why is that work? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know. I have a hard enough time. Oh, my
0: gosh. Hold on. I'm just like
1: 15 years away from Alzheimer's, so.
0: Precedent. Oh, precedent. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> That's okay. There was no precedent for this particular horrible case. This was the youngest double murder in UK history. Um, yeah. So he was going based on statutory, but also, like, he kind of had to just do his own yeah. thing. And they were basically like, yeah, no, you were very fair in how you sentenced. So mm-hmm. they listed a bunch of UK cases that I'm not familiar with, but the appeal didn't stick. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to touch on was their families. I saw several pictures of, you know, their families coming in and out of court. And I just can't. How do you grieve this as a family? Because on one hand, you're having to deal with the knowledge that you're like, I, the, her grandmother is the one that like really struck me, that your granddaughter
1: is mm-hmm. a murderer,
0: but also mourn the loss of your daughter and your, and other your granddaughter. granddaughter. And you mm-hmm. still have other grandchildren. <laughs> like. Mhm. And Katie's father was different than Kim's father. So Katie's father's there. Yeah. And he's seen at the trial and he bought a grave plot next to Katie. Yeah. He's quoted as saying that he can't wait to be there. Oh. Because he's just he misses his kid. My I goodness. just I don't know how you um I always think of that whenever it's family
1: members committing murder of other family members is the people the rest of the family like you you grieve the loss of both people the murderer and the victim
0: exactly that's got to be so hard and i hope that they're all getting some help because i can't imagine trying to do that on my own yeah those are the twilight murders twilight murders unfortunately it's it's a sad case but it's interesting, isn't it? It's the psychology of them like not having anything that would result in the diminished capacity. And they're just like, yeah, let's kill my mom and my sister. I, I
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, um, yeah, there, exactly. Uh, There's no words. <laughs> There's no words. No, there was something that I thought of it, but you were on a roll. And when it came to him, Lucas, and his. Reoffending, yeah it's like clearly he has attachment issue like yeah clearly he will her maybe maybe not like
0: yeah i exactly. would see
1: it's just but i understand what they're saying about the you know the fact that she backed out and said no i can't do it so yeah exactly you know so it's kind of a crapshoot
0: if she meets another lucas yeah then maybe and everybody around them said it was kim running the show like even if he planned everything, it was all up to whether or not Kim wanted to do it. Because for Lucas, yeah. Kim was everything. Yeah. So it's like, was she manipulating him? Was he manipulating her? Or were they just, like, not good for each other?
1: Yeah. It's hard to tell. To me, it sounds like they just, that was bad combination. Yeah.
0: That's what I think, too. Because it's hard to think about if either one of them were had never met the other, if we would be in this position. Yeah. You know? Probably not. I hope not. Another had a few
1: more years before she could have like left and just said bye mom. Thanks for
0: ruining my life. Yeah. Sayonara. Deuces. So sad. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, of course. Till next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at burdenofproofpod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.